Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of River City 93. As always, um, I'm your host, Elliot Barr, and is joining me is the wonderful head coach, the guy with the greatest beard this side of Southside, <laughs> Coach Darren Sawaski. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, it's good to be on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, Coach. It's always a pleasure. I'm pretty sure you had a great offseason. What are some things that you did this offseason? I know we talked about earlier, you went to the Antigua. How was that? Like, did you try any new food? Yeah, of course. We I did two things. The first one is uh, after the season, we really we really swallowed hard, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, my my youngest son and I went hunting in Montana. Uh, my son dropped his first deer. Uh, so we had, we had a very successful hunt in Montana for, for 10 days with some friends, and we filled our uh, freezer full of winter food, which is great. Uh, and then I came back, we spent the holidays here and then I took my lovely wife down to Antigua and, uh, we just did a whole lot of letting her relax and put her feet in the white sand and, uh, you know, kind of recharge and get ready for 24. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, okay. Back to this dare thing. Like, so at one, I've never been to Montana, so I'm assuming it has to be very cold up there around this time, but also like. It can be. To be honest with you, the week that we were there, the week prior, there was snow on the ground. Uh, the yeah. week that we were there, we basically avoided snow, but pretty cold in the morning, but not so much during the day. It's beautiful country, man. I recommend anybody checking it out. It's just big open spaces and, you know, you hike way out into the woods and just kind of take it in, you know? Wow. So this deer that y'all dropped, like, what are you making from it? Like, are you making jerky or like sandwiches? <laughs> what, are you, what are you making? We ended up, we ended up uh, killing three deer. Uh, so... <laughs> You know, it's a lot of freezer. You know, we try to, you know, my favorite food on the planet is elk backstraps. And, you know, we weren't hunting elk this time, but uh, we did get uh, three deer. So we have uh, deer backstraps and, you know, we made as many steaks as we could. But most of the rest of it we make into burger because uh, you can use that for just about everything. And it, it makes sure that you use the whole of the animal because the only yeah. reason you know, we don't we don't ever kill anything that we don't eat. And uh, we're very, very respectful of the ecosystem. So uh, it was just a really successful, good opportunity for me and my son to get away. Nah, I mean, that's, I ain't gonna lie, that's kind of cool. Like, one last thing, like, do you have, like, the antler horns hung up somewhere? <laughs> sure. So, so with deer, there's bucks and there's does. Bucks are the, are the male and doe are the female. And because uh, our seasons go late, uh, as pro coaches and players, um, 
I couldn't get buck tags, so we uh, we killed three does. So um, no no antlers this time, but we we have some stuff from the past. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, talking about last season, let's go ahead. Let's rip the bandaid off. Um, tough in the in the season, of course. Um, no wins since I want to say July eighth against that Union Omaha game. Um, what are some of the lessons that you took from the back end of that season that you're looking to use to motivate you and the group going into this season? You know, the, the, the biggest thing I would say is this is a long-term project. You know, maybe we don't uh, tell that story well enough all the time, but you know, when I got here, we needed to build a winning culture and we've done that. It's a winning culture. We just uh, coming out of the 22 season where we, we won a trophy, you know, within a three-year period, we put a trophy in the trophy case. We wanted the, the other one also, um, and I know we'll talk about it like, uh, shortly, but there's another opportunity for another trophy this year. Our plan is to try to get them all. Uh, but coming out of that season, we lost some very important pieces. And, you know, I relied on the, on the culture that we had here going into 23. Uh, and as a coach, you know, I made some mistakes. There were some things where, uh, you know, players, every player that played here was a great person and a, and a great human being. But in order for Richmond in, in our current state and the way that we spend uh, compared to other teams, uh, we have to get it right. We have to make sure that everybody is bought into that culture. Uh, you know, and I made some mistakes. You know, I, we believe we've rectified those, uh, you know, and we're continuing to develop younger talent. So, you know, 23, you, you learn lessons. You know, the biggest thing is to make sure that, you know, culture has to be maintained. You can't just rely on it. Uh, so we've worked on it a lot over the last few months. And I know this is something like you always talk about, like you said, like building up the culture of the team. And part of that culture is, you know, is, is fostering in the youth and bringing in the youth kids. So far, um, you guys have, you know, signed Landon Johnson, Becca Howe. Um, year two for them, like how are you looking to develop them? And, you know, with also with um, Richmond United representing the kickers in USL Academy, how are you looking to foster that partnership and use use them? Let's take this thing up to 10,000 feet, you know, so that people know and please spread the word. The idea here is to to keep modernizing the longest running professional soccer club in the U.S. We're we're proud of that. 32 years, all of us. We love that. The the reality, though, is around the world, uh, lower league teams, the way that they make money and they're sustainable is through player sales. You know, that sounds like a nasty term, but it really isn't. You're... Uh, you know, our front office killed it last year. We had 6,000 fans at games, you know, we're selling more and more sponsorship. You know, they're working hard to, to monetize everything that they can. They're doing a really great job, but to really be sustainable long-term, you know, and this isn't the United States, this is everywhere. You know, when you have 196 teams that have, have folded over the last 30 years in, in, in U S soccer, it's because people spend a lot of money and after a while they don't, you know, they don't get the return. It's really difficult to keep losing money all the time. So the way that you rectify that is to develop players, sign them into a pro contract, move them from your pro team onto another pro team, and then you get money for that, and then you get money for when they're sold on. And that's where we're headed. You know, we've committed to the local youth, you know, right now with Richmond United, that partnership. There'll be five academy guys that aren't on pro contracts training through preseason at least. Um, the two pros, you, you, you mentioned Landon and you mentioned Beckett. Uh, we expect them with the minutes we gave them last year to come into this pre, uh, preseason frothing at the mouth and ready to, to take minutes. So, you know, this is a long-term project. We hope to have so many kids from our academy system playing in the pro team and then moving on. So we're winning trophies and we're moving on so that Rob Ucrop can put his feet up and enjoy the ride. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, that's one of the things that I kind of take pride in being a Richmond fan is like we 
you know, instead of going out here, it would be great to go sign like former USL championship players and guys from overseas and all that stuff. But it's nothing like rooting from guys that come from your community and that really, you know, deeply care about it. Um, so last year, I, I want to ask you like play style wise. I feel like I always ask you this, uh, like tactics wise, like what do you see and thinking out there on the field? But like last year, you mentioned how you were looking to make the team more possession heavy. It, that was kind of like an emphasis. Um, but at times, it seemed like the best success came from you guys were direct or physical. Uh, you know, for mention, like you guys scored, I believe, 14 or 15 goals off of set pieces alone. Um, so how are you looking to mend those two styles going into this year? Uh, well, you're talking about the poetry and the romance, right? Like all of us want to play uh, – a uh, modern high pressing system uh, with all possession of the ball when you have it. Right. And we don't want possession for possession's sake. We want to win games. And we know that around the world, if you, if you control the ball, you have more opportunity to control chances and win games. Um, so for us, we definitely want the ball, uh, but we're also, you know, we take great pride in the defending side of things. So uh, to answer your question a little bit more direct, we're trying to win every game. Uh, it's less about possession. You know, last year, I think we actually grew uh, in parts of the game. Uh, and, you know, the part of the game that's really interesting is that in 22, we got into the final third less times than we did in, in 2023. But Johnny Bolaños, Ethan Bryant, uh, and Emiliano Terzaghi injury, it, we had less looks at goal at the quality level that we had the year before. You know, part of that's from 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 the responsibility of the coaching side, but we also just we underachieved. You know, we, all these one goal games where we outshot teams and grossly outpossessed them. You know, our style of play uh, will probably change throughout the year. We will be more of a pragmatic team. We want the poetry and romance, but we're here to hunt three points every week. Okay, so it's what it sounds like to me. You guys are kind of getting back to your roots, but you're like, hey, look. We're being adaptable and more flexible than we have been in years past. Is if I'm hearing you correctly, right? You know, when I got here in in, in 2020, there were 14, 15 guys here, and, and we we defend. You know, after the COVID piece and all that stuff, we did a lot of defend and countering, and we were really successful. We wanted to evolve that because we know it's not sustainable. Over, you know, you can do it in a tournament, you know, but you can't, you know, over 30, 32 games in a playoff uh, and all yeah. that, you can't do it over that time. So we need a little bit more balance. You know, I think last year we we were probably a more pretty team. Uh, you know, I think you're going to see the guys roll their sleeves up a little more this year. All right. I look forward to it. I look forward to, you know, Zaka chopping somebody down and then 30 all ball out. I can't wait for it. Um, <laughs> real quick, I want to go back to Richmond United, just actually this question, but um, with them representing a USL Academy, and I'm not quite sure how the schedule works for them there, um, but how does this support the club in developing players uh, for the future and how can we see players move up um, between the two sides? For instance, you know, when we see players such as Gabe Cox or, um, or others, you know, start off with the academy team, they do well there, and then possibly work out with the men's side. How, how would that relationship work? So it was a long question and we could talk about it for a long time, but here's what I would tell you. Richmond United existed before uh, having the affiliation with us. Uh, we're working with them. They are currently in what's called the ECNL, uh, the Elite Club National League. So they play age group specific. U13s play against U13s, U14s against U15s. They have, you know, the 12 teams on the boys and the girls side, and they're our partner. Uh, Mika's the technical director. Um, Connor Capaletti, who's an assistant coach with us, will now be the USL Academy head coach. Uh, he is also the college coordinator. Uh, I just hired uh, Evan Munn, who will be the director of goalkeeping there. So the crossover is getting more and more seamless. Like the methodology there develops to, into the methodology here. 
The difference with the USL Academy is it's really, uh, they do run a U15 program, but in general, it's a U20 team made up of U14 to U19 players. So we can literally move players from the pro team back down and up daily. You can't do that in the ECNL. If, if we wanted a player like Landon Johnson, who still is young enough to be in the U18 age group, he can go back and forth between U18 and the pro team. Uh, but say Beckett, Heller, Gabe Cox can't because they've aged out. But with the USL Academy, that team specifically, you we can move guys back and forth. We even have the ability at times to let pro players go get a game uh, in the league season so that uh, it can act as a bit of a reserve team. Okay. okay. That's a good explanation. I mean, as you know, here, we love covering all these kickers, men's and women. So we look forward to covering the USL um, Academy side there. Um, and you brought up his name, Coach Mudd, came over from Oregon State. Mm-hmm. With Akira moving on this past offseason, we'll get to that because, you know, our fans love Akira and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Akira moving on this past offseason, you not only lose a, a key goalkeeper, someone that's been in this league for five years that made incredible saves, the goalkeeper of the year, all that stuff, but you also lose a, a key coach in your staff. Mm-hmm. How does the addition of Pablo Hara and Coach Munn uh, help you fill in those gaps? Not dissimilar to what I talked about with player development. We're also into, into coach development. We're into administrator development. You know, if a coach here does so well that they move up into Major League Soccer, whatever, we see that as a positive. It's hard, but it, it, it is what it is. Akira had signed a two-year extension here. He loved Richmond. You know, I love Akira. He's a good friend, and he's a great coach, and he's really growing. You know, we've helped him get up, you know, do licensing over the last couple of years, and, you know, he's really excelling, but... His, his wife is from, you know, the area down in Raleigh, um, and uh, he had an opportunity. Um, NCFC was very interested in having him come back as they try to make a run, and we, you know, we wanted to help him do that. You know, we came to an agreement, and uh, we helped him. So we're still big supporters of Akira. Like, we love him to death, and we'd love to have him. But, you know, things evolve, and, and people move up, and Akira wants to make another run at the highest level. We support that wholeheartedly. Um, in regards to, to Evan, Evan's a kid I've been coaching since he was a teenager. You know, he played in the Sounders Academy, you know, went on to New Mexico and then played at Oregon State. And then he was a coach there, helped them go uh, to the Final Four in the NCAA, you know, a month ago. So he's he, he's a high pedigree goalkeeper. You know, he worked with Tom Dutra, the Seattle Sounders, Brent Dragamon in the Seattle Sounders. So he's got, you know, he's worked, he's trained with Casey Keller. Like, I mean, the guy can, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. He's not only a guy that's going to help us with uh, with our new goalkeeping core. You know, we brought him here as an asset to the community. You know, he's going to be working at Richmond United, which means these young kids are going to benefit from, you know, 15 years of, of high-level pro uh, activity. And, you know, he's going to keep helping us modernize what we're trying to do here. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it sounds like you guys kind of fill in those gaps there. Um, I mean, I look forward to seeing Pablo. What, what attracted you to Pablo Haro? Um, from his time in South Georgia Tormenta, I mean, will not lie, we in the past have had some constructive criticism about his goalkeeping. Um, we, what attracted you to him um, as a goalkeeper, but also his experience in USL League One? How do you think that could help benefit the team? Well, first, constructive criticism out of you is very interesting. I saw that you guys were letting, you know, you're saying that we're a three in our offseason uh, rating. I love that you did that. <laughs> All I'm going to do is show it to the guys, my friend. Um, I know. <laughs> as it relates to Pablo, you know, Pablo's an incredible leader. One of the things that uh, 
you know, we didn't, we didn't struggle with leadership in 2023. You know, there were some good guys in there, but, uh, but, you know, from the back and, and, and some different things, just the way the season played out, the way the year started for Akira and, and the injuries to Emmy and some different things, you know, we knew that when, when Akira moved on, uh, we need a, a good leader in that spot, you know, across the back. And Pablo's an amazing leader. He's a good locker room guy. He's very, very intelligent. He's very serious about it. Like it, it matters. It's not just, about playing soccer and then you go home, right? He's, he, he lives, eats and breathes it. He and his wife have committed to being here. He's on a multi-year contract. Uh, I, I like playing goalkeepers. I like guys that can play out of the back. Number one, I want them to keep it out of the net, which we we've seen Pablo do that. Uh, We want him to be consistent in that, but we also want him to lead direct and be able to play out of the back. And he ticked all those boxes for us. You know, it was time for him to take on a, a new challenge and opportunity. You know, I'm close friends with the guys in Tormenta, course they wanted to keep him around but they're evolving also so you know he's part of our evolution and and you know he's 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 just a good dude yeah okay um talk about your coaching staff also with usl um they just started a new initial called usl forward which helps diversity hires um get work their way into usl coaching staffs and richmond has decided to bring in lauren hutchison um, ex-Trinidadian international footballer, um, owns over the academy with unknown. And also, if you don't follow her Instagram, I encourage you to. Uh, she does some amazing work there, but she also works uh, in the offseason with some uh, kickers players. Um, for her joining the preseason, with her experience as an international and as a technical director, what would she be adding to your squad during this offseason? And how will she be working with y'all to, to help improve? Uh, well, let's do, let's start here. Like the uh, <laughs> easiest way I can say it is we don't believe in closing doors. We believe in building bigger tables. You've heard me say that before. You know, I don't, you can't take care of everybody. You can't work with everybody. But the one thing that we did when I arrived in 20 was we opened the door to anybody coming to watch that wanted to, any coach could come to training. You know, we have that, you know, as long as you check in with us so that, so that we know you're going to be there. You know, we've had tons and tons of college coaches and, and local coaches come in and watch. And Lauren's been a part of that. Uh, you know, she, she's come and watch training. She, she asked me uh, if she could come help at our combine a couple of years ago. So she's pretty much been at every combine evaluating players for us. So in reality, we've been doing this with Lauren for a couple of years. And it, for me, I, I'm willing to help anybody that wants to learn. And if they find value and benefit in what we're doing there, they can be there. It doesn't matter what background you have, male, female, black, white, Asian, green, purple, it, the door is open. Right. And, uh, Lauren just happened to, to fit the bill in the USL's new, uh, their new initiative. So, you know, we, we support that because we support it for everybody. And, uh, I think that she, she brings a certain bite and flair. I mean, she, no one works harder than that, that, that young, that woman. And, and she, you know, uh, I think that she will probably bring a different perspective, but the beauty is that she works with a lot of the guys in her, um, in her gym during the off season anyway. So not only does she help us during the year at the, excuse me, at the combines, you know, she's been training four or five of our guys this whole off season to help them get ready and all the stuff we need. So it's just a nice fit. Yeah. So it doesn't even sound like it's a learning curve. It's pretty much like, yo, you, we're just giving you an official title and another clear pathway to keep doing the work that you're doing, not only here at the club, but in the community in general. You know, Elliot, a lot of, you know, something that I feel is, is it's, it's, it's everywhere, you know, and I, you know, maybe I'm guilty of it sometimes, but our first pillar is humility. And I find so much that there's not enough of it. 
right? Like I don't, I, I think I can learn from anybody. There's something to learn from every coach, you know, and, and there are a lot of coaches that feel that they're peers to us. That's okay. No problem. You, you, coaching a pro team and running a pro team, it's difficult. People find that when they get the chance, it's harder than people think it is. And, you know, anybody that wants to come listen and learn and, and interact and, and be critical, we welcome it. You know, I, I, it, it, there's been a lot of local coaches at the smaller schools that have come out to just tons and tons of sessions. And afterwards, we sit and talk to the point where I got to I'm like, man, I got to go. I have my next meeting because it just starts to become a good conversation. And yeah. you know, Lauren's fits the bill. She's she's super humble. She's, she's trying to build her own brand and her own uh, project. You know, and, and we want the best for her. So hopefully what we do helps her move up. Well, that's amazing, man. That's dope. Um, so you kind of already brought it up, you know, in the offseason. We got asked the question, how do you feel about the kickers offseason? And we rated it a three because uh, at the time we were just like, you know, it's it's good signings, but nothing to where Like you see, we're noticed. You see other clubs going out here and signing your former USL championship players or guys from overseas. Um, but I, I want to frame the question in this context of even though the kickers haven't made the big splash signing, how do you feel this plays into your hand of kickers kind of flying under the radar? You know, no one's really looking at the kickers are really paying much attention to them. How does this kind of play into your hand of being, the un, being under the radar or being the underdog? Well, first, I don't think we can fly into the radar. We've been around for 32 years and nobody else has. <laughs> and as much as people want to throw stones at me and I'll catch all of them, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're 12 months removed from a trophy, right? Like I'm, yeah. did we want the trophy at the end of the season? Yeah, of course we did. And we're going to work towards that. But to win a regular season is incredibly difficult. And to do it with the budget compared to what some of these other people are doing is even more difficult. And I don't, I don't think that, I don't think the player shield is celebrated enough. You know, but enough said. That was 22. Like we've we've moved on. We learned some lessons from 23. Like you got Spokane who just signed a former MLS All Star. You know, you have Northern Colorado who keeps you know signing these guys from from Europe and these different places. Good for them. You know, though we're not in a situation where we can sign players like that. It's just not in our wheelhouse. We don't have those types of budgets. But I would take Emiliano Terzaghi. Uh, healthy over any striker in the league. He proved that. Like the guy can score goals. Neil Vignal's very, very, very good player. We, you know, Zaka Moran, I, I, these players are very, very good players. What we needed to do and, and where I, I failed last year and I openly admit it, I didn't have enough competition for each of those guys in spots on the field. You know, you want to be at least too deep in every spot on the field and our budget doesn't necessarily allow us to do that. So we have to develop players, which I alluded to before. And that's a process. We, we took over, you know, the technical part of Richmond United, you know, just less than a year ago. It's a three to five year process to see the end product. We're trying to accelerate that with, you know, Beckett Howell and Landon and whoever, you know, Nicholas Simmons. But we believe that the players that we signed, you know, I, I guarantee 100 percent that these new signings, they have grit and bite and they're culture guys. You know, you're, you know, I just made the hair on my arm stand up thinking about, you know, Guy Franca and, and Tony Pineda and James Vaughn. You guys are going to like these players, not not necessarily because their names are up in neon lights uh, and they're they're cruising in and Bentleys with new watches on They're You're going to like them because they're, they're going to be Richmond through and through. And I'm, I'm super excited because these guys are going to kick the junk out of each other in training, trying to get on the field. And it's only going to make each other better. Oh, wow. Yeah. OK. I can't wait. I can't wait for everybody to, to see this team out here in the field, see these new signers and whatnot. Um, so preseason, you know, like I mentioned, February 10th preseason started up. Um, 
what are some things you're looking for in your team, both on and off the field, to let you know, like, all right, you know, I, I know it's a process and you don't want to be your best the first game of preseason. But what are some things you're looking for to, you know, let you know, like, all right, this team is on the right track? You know, I think a lot of people say, oh, it's a great job. You run out on the field, Darren, and you roll a soccer ball out and start blowing your whistle and yelling at people. You know, it's 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 really not that simple. We're pretty scientific in our approach. So, you know, the first part's the physical component. We have to make sure they're healthy and strong and that you don't overplay them, right? You know, when we play on February 10th, we're not trying to play a 90-minute game to win a trophy. We're trying to add game model components. We're trying to get the physical part of the game right. Uh, we're trying to get the guys to understand the culture and the game model together, you know, and it's a progression over the course of the preseason, right? By the time you hit that March ninth uh, game, you want to be hitting on a, as many cylinders as you can physically, mentally, culturally, and executing a game model so everybody's on the same page so that you have a chance when you go to Spokane, uh, who is definitely one of the teams that's thrown out the checkbook, that you're on the same page. Because in order for Richmond to be successful, the club, no matter what, we must be together. Everybody's got to be on the same page. They got to buy into the culture. They got to fight for each other. You know, and every team says this, but the teams that have the the splash players, as you as you alluded to, it can be a little bit more difficult because they walk in and they want things to be centered around them. And it's a challenge for coaches to to deal with that. You know, I'm not saying that our guys aren't competent and aren't, don't have a little bit of swagger and and they need to be managed a bit, too. They do. But we were very particular in who we picked to make sure that the, the, the culture was right. So the guys were willing to fight and fight together. So preseason is really just the way that we get them ready through competition so that we're not kicking the junk out of each other. We're kicking the junk out of other people. Yeah. I mean, that's, that'd be cool. Just let Zaka and Maxi just kick each other. As long as they don't get, uh, <laughs> I mean, kick other players, as long as they don't get red cards. That's the point. That's, that's a positive about that. Um, like, so like you said, like you guys are going to Spokane. That's the first game of the season. Um, March 9th, uh, but it's in the road in your home state. Um, how does it feel to start the season off there and to have soccer grow in that area? It's really interesting. You know, you're, you're for somebody who's probably lived in 10 states and like four or five different countries, you know, you know, Washington is the state I was born in. I grew up there and I've spent time working for the Seattle Sounders, Tacoma Stars. Like I've spent a lot of time there, but, you know, Spokane is way in the east of the state, right? So you have the, you, you have the, the west side, which is, uh, you know, we're Seattle and Tacoma and, and, you know, the major population, you know, Spokane's a five hour drive, you know, I know out, out here in the east, you know, you're, you drive five hours, you hit four or five states, right? Yeah. <laughs> you drive five hours and you're, you're still hanging out in the same place. So I spent a lot of time in Spokane. I think the project there is awesome. You know, Ryan, their owner actually played on a club team against me our entire youth career. Uh, I don't believe that his team ever beat mine once. We eliminated them in the state tournament every year. I, I made sure to remind him of that when we talked. Uh, but they're doing a great job there. They, they, they have this new stadium, and it's going to be really awesome. So I'm excited to go back. You know, I, I, I think it's great that the team is in the USL, not an MLS affiliate, because, you know, it gives the state both of those things. Uh, and it gives Spokane a true pro team to, to go and support in, in the game of soccer. What does your preparation look like for – a new opponent. Obviously, you know, it won't be a lot of game film of it, but how do you prepare for a team that's essentially new? How do, how do you prepare for that? Um, so first, you know, our concentration is on us. 
You know, we, we, you know, I started with culture. I started with our game model. I, you know, it's, it's, can we execute and do what we want to do? And we're preparing to play against the very best that we could play. You know, last year, DC United, the year before Charlotte FC, probably the highest level teams that, that we had an opportunity to play is we're preparing for that. We want to be able to do our game model uh, against the very best that we can. Now, as the season goes on, there's lots of film and opportunity to see teams. So, you know, Spokane's a, a new entity, but, you know, They've signed a, a whole bunch of USL championship guys. They've signed an MLS guy so far, and they've got some guys that played in our league. So we know the players. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have some idea going into the game, but the reality is the concentration is on us. Yeah, no problem with that at all. Got to make sure your house is straight before you can look at anyone else's house. Um, I wanna, this is a question more so about the season we talked about it. We had Rob Ucrop um, on to talk about it as well, but – with the in-season tournament um, this season, how does this play into the role of squad depth? Like, um, so let me back up. First of all, what are your thoughts on the in-season tournament as a whole? Like, how, how are you looking at this tournament? Well, I saw all your guys' comments about how we didn't win a trophy when we did win one trophy, right? <laughs> and you were pissed, which I'm happy about because any trophy that's on that table, we want to bring it home and put it in our cabinet, right? So. Yeah. The, the, the reality is this gives us another trophy. You know, it, it gives us another opportunity to win something. It gives us a chance at another final. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't our supporters, don't you want us to have another final? Can you imagine having two or three finals in our stadium in a season? Oh, yeah. So yeah, we course, do. <laughs> I like that. And the evolution of the game, you know, I, I'm a purist, to be honest. Like, I'm a little bit traditional. Like when I think of European football, I think of the, the table and the EPL. And if you win the table, you've won over that you know, 38 games or whatever it happens to be, you know, the year that we won the player shield, it was so, you know, good to me. Like, I love that because we proved over a long period of time that we could, we could excel at a high level, but I'm also American, man. And I like the playoffs and, and watching Detroit lose that game is the, you know, I wanted Detroit to win and beat uh, the 49ers just because they haven't been in it so long. It's like, it's an American thing. Well, all we're doing is trying to evolve it to make it more fun and exciting for you guys. And, you know, I, it, it's funny to me how people, whenever something's new, they're like, oh, man, here we go. But the reality is, you, if you see in other sports, whether it's the NBA or the, even the MLS did last year, those types of tournaments are exciting and they're fun. It's like, a, it's like a, a jolt of electricity in the middle of a season. And, you know, to be honest with you, we're not completely sure how we manage it yet. Because as we start to go through it, we're going to try to win every game. Uh, but managing, you know, a league game that we got to win a 22 game regular season to get in playoffs and then an interleague game, you know, we'll, we're going to, we're going to manage that and we're going to learn this year as we go through it. But, you know, truth, we're going to try to win every game. We're going to try to win every trophy. I'm glad you did brought up the regular season because now the season is shortened. Um, so I don't know if you remember, but in the past we had a conversation about um, the season kind of being unbalanced. Like you might play Madison twice at their place where Greenville only got to play them once and, you know, how that works out. But now it's a true balanced schedule. Um, how does that increase the importance of every game? So, well, it does because there's less points out there, you know, yeah. first. But the <laughs> next, you know, you, you know the, the white elephant in the room is, is, is promotion and relegation, right? Like everybody talks about this stuff. But the reason, the main 100% reason promotion relegation doesn't happen in this country is because to get promoted costs you money. Whereas everywhere else in the world, you make money. So here's what we need, Ali. You guys got to get out there and find some big donor that says when teams get promoted, they get millions of dollars so that then when they move up, they can go. You yeah. know, that interleague cup is all about 
having an exciting, you know, mid-season tournament. We, you know, we would love to have USL championship teams in there, uh, maybe teams from outside our league. Why not? Right. It's a, it's a competition for everybody. That's what makes the, the U S open cup such a neat competition. Uh, but you know, that, that, that's really the reason, right. You're, you're, you're this is the start of it. So, uh, that competition will be cool. Hopefully it grows and evolves. And I, I know that the leaders in our, in our league are working on that, The 22 regular season, you know, 22 game regular season, you know, we need to win enough games uh, to get into that tournament while trying to win that interleague during the year. That's, it's going to take some, uh, it's going to take some shuffling. That's for sure. Yeah, no, most definitely. And I know you, like, I know that you are ready to chop it at the bits to get things started. Um, March 9th. I, I want to last before we wrap up. When I ask you this question, Richmond, of course, is getting a W League team. Uh, we don't know the name of it yet, but I'm pretty sure that's coming soon. Um, is there a chance we can see you in the supporter sections rooting on the women's team when those games well, I, happen? That's an interesting question. I, uh, first of all, 100% in support. I love the coach, I think she's great. Now, our new sporting director, Madeline McCracken, she's a little spark plug man. She's she's working her, her rear end off, she's been helping us with our combines. We help her with hers. Uh, so it's seamless. It's 100%. You know, when, when the name comes out, you guys are going to absolutely love it. It is awesome. It's unbelievable. And on top of that, you're going to want to buy all the gear. It's going to be unreal, you know, but we're seamless. This is one club. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we're all super excited. You know, I, I think there, there might be a chance of you seeing me, uh, in the supporter section, but, uh, but we'll see, man. Depends on how much you're uh, writing about me, uh, the week prior. I'll have to. <laughs> We'll we'll see what you say because I don't know if you want Angry Darren in your supporting section. (laughs) Well, look, Angry Darren is a good Darren because that means we're getting the best Darren. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I saw I I saw this I saw this thing about handsome coaches or something. Somebody said it to me, right? And the guy the guy said in the in there that I look like the dad that the kid wrecked the Ford Taurus and was trying to decide what to do. That's how I look all the time, and you know. I'm a pretty stern guy, right? When I'm serious, I look mad. Uh, you know, I, I suppose I'm not a teddy bear. Maybe it's good that people are a little bit uh, intimidated by me, but uh, it's always funny to read that stuff about yourself. Look, I'm just saying, the all black and whatnot, like I, I was making a joke when um, Matt and them that uh, we were going to buy you some black Air Forces and just that's have cool. a TIFO for you, like black Air Force energy. Like that's what it seems like. <laughs> it just needs to be all year long with the kickers. My <laughs> My son, along with all this younger generation, which I'm the old crusty man on the doorstep, right? They're, they all got their shoe game, right? And mm-hmm. I know what Air Force Ones are because when I bought him a pair and then he buys and sells these things online, there's that whole ecosystem of shoes now, right? On Bitcoin yeah. and shoes, right? I don't even know what the heck's going on. But yeah, <laughs> if you bought me Air Force Ones, I'd wear them. But I would tell you to save that and uh, buy beer from Tom at the stadium and uh, uh, use that money to, to buy beer from us and make noise. You hear me? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Well, yeah, we, we should definitely get started on the Black Air Force energy. Uh, you know, so we had his teams going with Zaka, Maxi. Oh, uh, it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be fun. But coach, uh, any last words for you before we wrap up the show? Yeah, just that uh, you know, there's all these things at the beginning of the year where you know people see where people are signing and and you know there's this splash and there's that and 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 all of these things. You know, one thing I said, I'm I'm incredibly grateful to have the opportunity to work for the Richmond kickers and be in this community and, you know, the Ucrop family and just, just, just the opportunity that those people and all of the people here have provided us, uh, the players, 
and the coaches, they understand it and they understand the responsibility. We are not a six win team. We are a winning culture. And you're going to see that out of the guys. This group is going to bleed that red that you want. And you're going to see more of that red. If you know what I'm saying. I can't wait. I can't wait. Look, that's that's the thing. Get back to you want that red jersey. That's that's kickers through and through. But coach, we just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day. I know you got a lot to going on. Um, can't wait for more of these signings to pop up and these preseason games to pop off. But we just want to say thank you for taking time out of your day for popping on and chatting with us. You got it. Go kickers. Yes, sir. As always, fans, we just want to say thank you for taking the time of your day for listening to our podcast. With that being said, make sure you go to RiverCity93.com, support our podcast while we cover all things soccer here in the River City. So with that being said, we'll holler at you guys next time. Be easy and be safe.